based on our principles, what right action might look like, what love might look like in this time and in this place. And my theory is that by understanding how power has moved and shaped and limited speech on this topic, according to the rules of white privilege, that we will become more capable and more skillful of discerning actions that support justice for every body involved in this process. I would be remiss if I didn't, of course, acknowledge my own social location when it comes to issues of immigration. If I didn't take a moment to own the extensive privilege from which I live in relationship to images to immigration. I am white, I am educated, a native US citizen, and wealthy enough to live in Santa Barbara, California. As such, I have benefited from an economic, social, and political system designed to ensure that I enjoy access to resources at my own discretion and my own demand. I have not lived in fear of political persecution or been faced with economic realities that would cause me to separate my family or migrate to a foreign country through the desert in order to achieve basic survival or chance at a better life. Rather, I live at the center of the empire, so to speak. So my understanding of the issues at stake here, what drives my southern brothers and sisters to immigrate north into the United States is indirect. But I add my voice in hopes that by adding my voice, I strengthen the move towards justice that liberates all. So who benefits other than me? In the case of immigration policy, a place to start is by examining who benefits from globalization and trade policies such as NAFTA. It's complicated, and I'm not going to try to break it down completely here because I know that all of us listen to NPR. <laughs> and it, as such, we understand that these issues cannot be teased apart simply or in a single discussion. But we are called to be together and to grapple with one another, even if we don't always agree on the topic. We are called to grapple and to be with one another as humans first, separate from our identities. Economic forecasters at the time of NAFTA's implementation understood that there would be some impact on jobs and some displaced workers. And the full impact has been difficult to track However, many social justice advocates have pointed to the collapse of farming in Mexico and the rising income inequality in the United States as evidence of the negative impact of globalization in our country. Individual workers in the United States and Mexico have seen their wages stagnate and income inequality has increased rapidly over the last 20 years. And in fact, our current society is balanced in a place that is unprecedented, that the gap between the haves and the have-nots is greater than it ever has been in the entire history of the world. 
This does not produce political stability. And I think that is part of what we are feeling right now in America is the impact of that gap. And we are trying to figure out a way to get through that. And there are several paths through. One that I talked about last week through the primal brain and one through the brain of compassion. As Unitarian Universalists, I know and I hope and I trust that the path that we choose to cultivate is one of compassion. Compassion for ourselves, compassion for the other. Deaths are counted by the Immigration Service and reported on a daily and weekly basis. However, many deaths have gone unreported as families, minors, mostly women and children, have died in the Sonoran Desert. And our brothers and sisters in Unitarian Universalist communities along our southern borders have been actively advocating and tracking the plight of these families as they come across and trying to mitigate some of those risks in order that they may at least be safe and survive that trek across the desert. We must take time and space to recognize that even as we resist that which is complicated, that we already have the solutions that we need in order to move forward, in order to resist, and in order to overcome the crisis that's facing us. I think as a faithful people dedicated to love and to justice, we already have the solutions within us. Our UU principles may function as a sacred text of sorts. And I know sometimes we think we don't have a sacred text in Unitarian Universalism, and that's right, because we don't limit ourselves to a single text. We accept many texts, the text of creation, the text of relationship, the text of our principles, and the sacred text from traditions around the world. We can draw from all of these sources as we seek to come to understanding, as we seek to find our way through. But our seven principles do provide a bright line place to start with our theological inquiry on these topics. Specifically, our first, our second, and our sixth principles apply directly to the topic of immigration. We believe as a community of Unitarian Universalists in the inherent worth and dignity of all people. Our first principle. Thus, the death of a single human being due to lack of care is unacceptable. As Unitarian Universalists, we also work to ensure that all of our relationships are marked by love. The extensive waiting periods and ongoing detention and deportation of migrants is a direct violation of our second principle. What we are doing in our country right now is essentially holding economic refugees, primarily children and mothers, for extensive time frames in in a quasi-legal framework and allowing those detention centers to be privately run. This is an ethical disaster for us that we are called to wade into, to grapple with, 
and to find a way through. Our sixth principle calls us to hold a vision for a world community that is marked by peace, liberty, and justice for all. The political dialogue, if you can call it dialogue at this point, on the topic of immigration, race, and the economy is xenophobic, hate-fueled, and violent. Calls to build a wall, to detain Muslims, to label Mexicans as rapists, and to pay only the merest lip service to outbreaks of neo-Nazi hatred indicate that we have a real problem on our hands. It is not just the mouthpiece that is the problem. It is the inability to live pluralistically with care and respect for one another that is really at the root of this. We are called to wade into that difficulty, not to just push it away and label those others as not us. We are called to bring it closer to embrace the darkness that we do not like. To do anything less is to stand quietly as those immigration policy decisions raise the death toll among migrating families. That is not something we can stand for as a community. We are, as Unitarian Universalists, called to be people of action to be the ones who literally stand on the side of love. We are called to move beyond guilt and shame and denial and to move towards integrated, holistic, justice-oriented reform. My heart bleeds for the trauma, the loss, and the suffering of minors flooding our borders. My heart aches and I suspect yours does too, when I imagine how desperate a parent has to be to send their child hundreds of thousands of miles alone across a border with no certain welcome and no certainty of survival. Their suffering is intense. And it is worthy of our consideration and worthy of our compassionate response. Let us ground our responses in our principles. Let us also ground our response in the voices of those impacted by the crisis those living and dying in order to reach our borders, as well as those justice organizations committed to treating migrants with compassion and helping to ensure that our policies and actions eliminate barriers to safety and ensure a just and equitable distribution of resources. I hope that you will take the time to think deeply about what it means to be a Unitarian Universalist in this time and in this context and to consider what you are called forth to do and to be and to hold. For it is time for us to move outside of the walls of our sanctuary 
more and more and into the messiness of human life. We've long been advocates for social justice. We've long been committed to that work. And we are living in complex times, as always Unitarian Universalists have. Let us remember that we are always called to the margin. Let us recognize our desire to have a center and let us willingly leave that center and walk out to the margin so that we may be the best iteration of Unitarian Universalists the world has ever known. Dr. De La Torre, one of my professors at the Islas School of Theology, calls this approach liberative ethics. It takes its roots from traditional liberation theology that came out of South America, but it moves quickly to be grounded in the experience and dreams of the marginalized outside of a traditional Christian framework and to look for guidance about action outside of traditional sources. It is in many ways a deeply humanist approach to problem solving, one that does not need a deity to come in to resolve our problems, one in which rather we understand and respect that we, we are the ones we have been waiting for and the answers to the crisis before us are within us. Last week, I spoke to you of the four F's, the feeding, the fighting, the fleeing, and the reproduction, as outlined by Karen Armstrong. I just had to get that in one more time before I got out. I argue that indeed we are wired for both cruelty and compassion, and that the choice is ours about which part of our humanity we wish to cultivate. We are already a people committed to compassionate living, to being on the hook, so to speak, for compassion. And that means we are on the hook for the whole thing. We already know how to be inconvenienced for justice. The road ahead is going to be inconvenient. But I have tremendous faith in you as individuals, as a community, and as a movement. We can do this work. The humanitarian crisis on our southern borders is ongoing and the solutions will not come easy. But we don't really like easy. We're Unitarian Universalists. There has never been a question we didn't ask. There has never been a problem we thought was too big to solve. I have faith in you. We are strong as a movement and as a people. We can get through this together. I invite you. And I invoke it. We are the ones we have been waiting for. We are up to the task. You are up to the task as a community and as a people. I ask that you just start with wherever you're at. And from there, let the blessing of the working together build and strengthen you as a community, build and strengthen you as a world. And may our legacy be 
that we were the best Unitarian Universalists the world has yet to see. Let us know that even when it is dark, that that just means the dawn is about to